0: so glad you could join us for the mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Actually just before we start, we have started really haven't we? <laughs> I love people who say just before we start. Is that on? Yeah, cool. Um, I just want to take a moment, I want I, to pray for Tony, Dan's wife. And I don't know where she's at in terms of her healing, but I actually want to pray for that, plus a couple of other things the Lord laid on my heart, just as we were in worship there. Is that all right? Just before we start that. So, Lord, I just want to lift up Tony right now, Lord, wherever she's, she is, Lord, with the shingles, Lord, in her head. And I'll just pray right now that, God, you just, you'd lay your healing hand upon that right now. Lord, so difficult when it's in your ear. Lord, just ask that you would remove that right now in your mighty name. And also, Lord, I just wherever you are, if you're home or wherever you're watching or if you're driving in your car, maybe you want to pull over again. If you've got something in your, in your left arm, something going on in your left arm, and I don't know if it's connected to the heart, but there's something going on right now that needs a touch from the Lord, Lord, Lord I just ask that you would release that. Lord, as we sang before, open our eyes in wonder to your healing and restoration right now pray this in your mighty name. Amen. That wasn't written down here, but uh, I just believe that uh, the Lord wants to release some stuff in these days. We're, we're coming into a, a new day. And as we were talking last week about you know, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, it's not these people here. We're nothing special. We, we love to come and share. We love to hang out. And we actually feel a home right here. So we'd love to just come and hang out with those who are on the journey in the kingdom. And we go to places and you don't feel welcome. There's, there's just this, this sense of welcome here. But following on from, from last week, I really felt the Lord stir me up with a, a message. And I'd love to say this was a, a, a fresh message. It was something he gave me a while back. And I, I preached it and it, it was kind of, but I just feel it's a time, a season we're in right now, as we're coming out of what it is going on. Around the world and back home and uh, we know that some people in England actually have, have been watching little old Yas Baptist. So be encouraged. This is going out wherever it's going. But right now there are people loving Jesus in the kingdom all around the world who are seeking a way forward out of what is going on. But the best thing to know is that we just need to walk in his footsteps. We need to walk in the footsteps of Jesus because he's already gone down this journey. There's nothing we're going through personally, corporately, or around the world that he hasn't experienced and taken on his shoulders. Amen. So I just want to share a message that it's out of Joshua 6, 121, if you want to go there. Um, If you're at home, you pull out your your Bibles. I, uh, you know, I've got my iPad, but I, I love my, I love my paper stuff. I love to, you know, I'm learning how to do it on the iPad, and I haven't quite got there. But I'm loving my bits of paper. They're covered in lovely stuff. But you know, we were talking, without without Jesus, without Jesus, we can't do a thing. But with him, we can do all things. But without us, he doesn't want to. I said that last week. Without us, he doesn't want to. He wants to to actually have us step out in faith. And this scripture in Joshua 6, one to 21 we're going to read that in a moment I'm going to read all of that and I just want to share a few things around that but across the across in Hebrews 11:30, this story is actually credited to Joshua as faith the story of the walls of Jericho coming down was credited to Joshua as an act of faith and faith without works are dead but Joshua employs both both faith and walking it out and I really believe that God wants me to share about this This area of walking out our faith in practice to see the walls that we face. Personally, in our own lives, and I don't know about you, but I have a few walls. They keep popping up. Walls are some of those things that, you know, they're great to protect us, but sometimes they become a hindrance to our walk. Sometimes we need those walls to come down. We can go through a doorway, but sometimes the wall has to come down. And it's great to hear from the Lord. But when he gives us something, it's generally, okay, here it is. You know, apart from when he whispers, I love you. I love you because you're my girl, you're my boy. But sometimes he whispers in our heart and he says, go. I want you to go. 1999, the Lord spoke to Pam and I and said, go. And within 10 weeks we were here. thought we'd only come for six months, but there you go. Long time. But you know, the title of what I wrote here today is, God is more interested in your walk of obedience than your wall of opposition. So let's just read Joshua 6, 1 to 21. We'll read that right the way through. Now I just want to, to pull out a few things. You know, when I was growing up, I was growing up, I hated green vegetables. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. They're good for me. So kids, if you if you hate green vegetables, please listen, they are good for you. And particular peas. And when I was growing up, peas were a thing that my... My mum would go, come on, eat these peas, Keith, they're good for you. And I go, I don't want those peas. I don't like green stuff. Give me the carrots. But no, the green stuff is good for you. So I've got a few peas for you today. So trust me, they are good for you. Okay? So let's have a little read. Let's have a little read here. Right here, Joshua. So the backdrop of this story is that you know, they've, come through, they've come through and they've entered the promised land. And there they go, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, see I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all of the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry out the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests. Around the city seven times, blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound of a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse. And the army will go up and go. everyone will go straight in. So Joshua, the son of Nun call the priests, and he said to them, take up this ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry the trumpets out in front of it. And he entered on and went on with the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of them with the ark of the Lord. And Joshua had spoken to the people, and the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest and blew their trumpets, and the rear guard followed them and followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not let out a war cry. Until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the covenant of the Lord carried around the city, circling once, and then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the Ark of the Covenant and the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. Then the armed men went ahead and the rear guard followed up the Ark while the trumpets were sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. And they did this for six days. And on the seventh day, they got up. And they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except on this day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, the priests sounded the trumpet blast. And Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you this city. And the city and all that is in it are devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared." Because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring your own destruction by taking on any of those. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on all. All the silver and all the gold articles and the bronze and the iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. And when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted and the sound of the trumpet and then they gave a loud shout... The wall collapsed and everybody charged straight in. And they took the city and they devoted the city to the Lord and they destroyed by the sword everything living in it. Men, women, young, old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. That's an amazing story. It's an amazing story of Joshua walking out in faith and going into a city and the walls coming down. So I don't know what walls you're facing but This thing is, I want to talk to you this morning about not stopping short on our walk. See, God is more interested. He's more interested in your walk of a faith than the walls of opposition that face you. Whether it's personally, whether it's this church, whether it's what's going on in Yass. God wants us to know that. So are you ready for these P's? Because they're good for you, remember. They're good for you. So we've got Israel have crossed the Jordan. They've prepared themselves spiritually and off they've gone. Here's the first P. Joshua had a problem. P number one was a problem. Joshua looked at this wall, and it wasn't a little brick veneer house. It wasn't even the the beautiful stone houses that are around Yass. You know, some of those walls are pretty thick in the old houses around here. Not like Canberra, they're all brick veneer or, you know, wood. But the walls weren't that, they weren't like that. The walls that faced Joshua were this big. You see, I've walked around a few walls. I've visited Hadrian's Wall. I've walked around a walled city in Cheshire in North England. And they're pretty thick walls. But the outer wall, the outer wall of Jericho was two metres thick. That's one, two metres thick, six metres high. That's pretty thick. That's one wall. But then there was another wall inside that wall, 3.7 metres thick and 9.2 metres high. And between them, there was a four and a half meter gap, which was patrolled by armed guards. That's a pretty big wall to bring down, isn't it? That's massive. That's a huge wall. But you know, we look at walls and we look at our problems and we, sometimes we think, that's too big for me to cross. That's too big. I can't get over that. I can't get round it. I can't go underneath it. Have you ever been there? If you ever faced a wall in your life like that? You might be facing a wall in your life like that right now. I was talking before and we said that in 1999, God spoke to us and we were here in 10 weeks. But in that process, the enemy didn't like what we were coming for. He tried to take out our kids. He tried to actually destroy our older two kids' lives in that process. Don't need to go into that today. It was a war we faced. We had to go back to England twice to deal with that. It was a war we faced yeah. In 2001, we went after our first property just up the road here towards Baton, called Gilgal. God had taken us to this place as a healing home and we didn't get it because our house in England, the sale fell through. That was a war. It was a war. When we came for residency, Pam, in 2002, Pam, after our x-rays, they found this black shadow on her lungs. And we had to go through medical tests. That was a war. We didn't know whether we could stay or go back to England. But it was a war we faced. There was lots of wars. And and in 2002, our house had been sold. Our furniture was sent here. And then we were kicked out of the house we were living in, in Canberra, which we were renting because the owners wanted it back. I, I had a job offered to me on a Wednesday, which would have sponsored us for residency. And on the Friday, that job was taken away. And we had pastors asking us, are you sure you're meant to be here? These were walls that we were facing. Skip forward a bit. 2006, our son got seriously ill. And I was put out of church because I started looking after our son. We started looking after our son. And because we did that, we weren't performing, we weren't showing up, we weren't doing all the stuff. So we got edged out of church and told, God's not using you anymore. That was a wall. And we come right up to the today now. In 2016, we were pastoring in Canberra and God says, it's time to start and bloom where you're planted. And when we tell people, they tell us, we're not church planters, we're not this, we're not that. It was a wall we faced. But, you, you know, every time we face a wall, God has an answer. God has an answer. So you may be hitting some of these walls right now. You know, it might be the loss, loss of a loved one might be the salvation of someone who really doesn't care about Jesus. Not interested. That was me in 1995. Not interested. Took 4B2 ministry to get me into the kingdom. God knew exactly what I needed. It might be sickness. It might be sickness in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. It might even be, for some people, the isolation of COVID-19. You know, it's going on around the world. People are isolated. And the more we talk to people... They're just feeling that sense of isolation. But, you know, we're never alone because we have someone who's always with us. But, you see, all of these walls that Pam and I face and all of these walls that you're facing, they're opportunities for the Lord to to work in our lives. They're opportunities. see, God's not really bothered about the wall. You know, he's not bothered about the wall of finances that we face. If God has called us, then if it's his will, it's his bill. Yeah, he knows. He's not bothered about those walls. See, Joshua saw the wall, but in verse 2, it says this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with his kings and his fighting men. See, Joshua had this wall in front of him, but in verse 2, he had a promise. That's the second P. Joshua had a promise. Joshua and Israel had a promise. The promise was the victory. You see, it isn't in in the future. What he says in verse 2, he says, I have given this to you. It's in the past. It was already done. It is finished. You know, when Jesus stretched his arms out on the cross, he said it is finished. The promise is there. He already has offered and given this town of Jericho into their hands. They had the promise. All he's saying to Joshua is just walk with me. Actually, he's saying just walk with me and take a bunch of people with you to walk around the city. You know... Often when war war occurs, there's a lot of strategy goes on. And in policing, which I come from, when there's riots occurring, there's a lot of strategy of how how to contain those riots, how to bring those riots under control, how to win wars. But they don't normally come up with a strategy like this. Walk around the building. It's crazy. Walk around the building. But you know, for us, The call to open healing homes was a promise. We had a scripture, Isaiah 61. God said, I'm calling you to do this. We had a promise in our hearts when we came from England to Australia that the great Southland of the Holy Spirit would be seen, waves of revival coming here. Waves of healing and restoration in this place. You know, I mentioned that Pam had a shadow on her lungs. We had a doctor's report, but we had a promise that we were meant to be here. Our house got sold. The one we were renting. And we were getting kicked out. And we had pastors who were saying, are you sure that God wants you here? That was a wall to have someone who's a pastor. I wasn't a pastor back then. so I have a pastor tell you, are you sure? But we had a promise. We had a word from the Lord. We had a promise to be here. So it doesn't matter what a wall we face. We've got a promise from God. That's what's more important. Back in, I mentioned 2006, Dan got sick, our son. In 2012 he was very unwell and went missing and he was missing for five days and the Lord gave me three words to change my, my whole perspective of how God operates. He said he is safe, he is safe, we didn't know he was alive or dead but he said he is safe and that was a promise from God, it was a real word from God. You see in God all things are possible, outside him not one thing is possible. He's more interested in our walk of faith than our wall of opposition. So, third P, God wants us to get his perspective. His perspective is not our perspective. His ways are not our ways. You know, it says, my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. You know, my prayers are not your prayers. God sees the big picture. All we see is the knots at the the back of the tapestry. You turn it around, God has the whole picture. And we need to get his perspective. And when we went after the current property we were in, that was the very word God said to us. He said, "Get my perspective on this." And we had to laugh because it was the only property that had an aerial shot. I thought, "Bet that's what God sees. Looking down, an aerial shot, get my perspective. You know Healing homes was a battle, but we had to get God's perspective on it. But you say, He's doing more behind the scenes than we can actually imagine. In that scripture in verse 2, he said, I have already given this to you. Therefore, God must have done everything to prepare the fact that he'd already given the city into their hands. We need to get his perspective. We need to come up to his level. He doesn't want to come down here. We need to get his perspective. The battle is won by remembering who is in charge. If we have the Lord's promise, we get his perspective. We need to know who is in charge and that the battle belongs to the Lord. You know, we're in a war, that's for sure but the best thing is that God God is in charge help is found on the way God didn't say to Joshua I'm just going to knock the walls down now and you can go in you see he had to take Joshua on a walk of faith and in that walk of faith Joshua brought a bunch of other people on that walk of faith because it's in that walk of faith that we actually find that God is faithful God is faithful on our walk the help comes on the way we need to get his perspective when we have his promises. Word says that in this world we will have trials and tribulations, but behold, I have overcome the world. That's what God says. So it's, if someone says, join, you know, become a Christian, get saved, and life's going to be sweet and rosy, join our church, I'd leave through the, the nearest door. Because it's not going to be sweet and rosy, but God is going to be in it with us. God promises a lot of things about our walk and about our fight. God promises that our weapons are powerful through God. 2 Corinthians 10. Our battle has been arranged by the Lord. Romans 8.28. God arranges the battle because he knows who wins. Our ability is only limited by our faith. Philippians 4. And we have the power in the day of battle. Ephesians 6. God says you'll never be alone. You'll never fight alone. He said, when the battle has ended, this is in John 14, verses 1 to 3. When the battles are ended, we will celebrate victory in his presence. Where else do you, do you want to be? The safest place is to be right in the center of his will. Right in the center of his presence. Now when we left everything, I left a very high paying job. Back in, back in 1999. 1999, I was on 160000 Australian dollars a year as a chief inspector of the police. And we left to what? To nothing. We packed up our house and we left. But we had, we had the promise of the Lord. We had his perspective. And he said, I'm faithful. I will take care of your every need. So we need to believe that God will take care of the battle for us. Jesus didn't save you and I to be defeated. He didn't do that. He didn't bring us this, to this place to put us to shame. You know, people are going, COVID-19, these things are a mess. We had bushfires. It's all a mess. God didn't bring us to this place to put us to shame. He wants you to know that this morning. So you see, here we are. He's more interested in our walk of obedience than our wall of opposition. So Israel, Joshua, they had a problem, they had a promise, and they had a perspective And this is where it used to get tricky with my mum. Because if I didn't eat one piece, she wanted to put two in at the same time. Come on, have two peas. Are you ready for two? Two peas. Partnership and purpose. You see, in our partnering with God, we get our purpose. We get our purpose in life. See, Joshua and Israel, they had a partner. Verses 3 to 5, let me read that to you. It says, march around the city with all your armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in the front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around seven times with the priest blowing the trumpets. And when they hear it, the long blast, give a whole cry. The walls will collapse and you will go in. You know, if you count up the amount of times they walked around that, that wall, it was 13. Superstition and, and folktale says 13 is an unlucky number. Well, it was unlucky for Jericho. But God knew, he went in and took it, 13 walks. Israel's partner was who? No other than God himself. You see, just at the back end of chapter 5, it says this. Now Joshua was near Jericho, and he looked up and he saw a man in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us, or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. Neither. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell face down and he worshipped. And he said, what should I do? What's the message does the Lord want to have for his servant?" And the commander of the Lord's army said, take off your sandals. The place where you are is holy ground. See, when God steps into the situation, that's God himself stepping into the situation with Joshua. When God himself steps into the situation, as he did with Pam's sickness, as our son going missing. When God steps in, he doesn't want to take sides. God's not interested in taking sides in your, in your battles. He wants to take over. He hasn't come. He's not for you. For you, he's not for your enemy. He just wants to be the Lord of your whole life. You see, when he's the Lord of everything... Nothing else matters. But what he, he said to me on many occasions, if I'm not Lord of all of your life, I'm not Lord at all. So God hasn't come to take sides. He's come to take over, as he has in this war, as he has in this battle. You see, mentioned to you about Dan. Back in 2012, I struggled, I strived, and I tried to do everything to fix the problem we had with my son, our son with his health, I wanted to get this advice, and do this, and do that, and one day, after a year of looking after him, we had about $400 left in our bank account, we hadn't worked, hadn't ministered anywhere for a year, we were looking after Daniel, I lay down on a paddock, because we had a mortgage payment due, and we had to pay the charity's mortgage, because our muggins here, Keith, he was doing it all in his own strength. And it was like God himself said, I haven't come to take sides here, Keith. I've come to take over. I broke down and I wept and I said, I can't do this anymore, Dad. He said, good, move over and see what I can do. And in the space of a week, space of one week, he turned our charities' finances around. He turned our own personal finances around. That wasn't about the money. He wanted our hearts. He, he wanted us all in 100%. What we do is not a hobby. And God said, you take care of my business, Keith, I'll take care of yours. So now we're just like today, share where we're welcome. Because when we take care of God's business, he takes care of ours. We don't have to face these walls alone. Because we've got the commander of the Lord's army. We've got the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And we've got prayer that we talked about last week. If my people call by my name, that's us. we'll turn from our wicked ways, we'll humble ourselves, we'll pray. If we seek him, he's coming in to take over. So we have this amazing, amazing partner, God himself, in our battles. Who else do you want by your side? Jesus promises he'll never leave or forsake us. He's walking in these battles that we are facing. And finally, verses 6 to 21 are all about what? They're all about this final P, persistence. They're all about this final persistence. Joshua was given a plan. He had to persist in that plan. God says, here's your promise, off you go. Walk around the walls, this town is being given to you. So, right here they had a word from the Lord. It was a ream word in verses 2 to 6, they got it. They believed it, Joshua believed it and set out on it and he acted in faith. Remember I said without faith it's impossible to believe God. You can't please God without faith. So they acted. You see God told Joshua, if you go into that, God told Joshua, take him out day one and have a walk. Can you just imagine this? Just picture this for a minute. Bunch of Israelites. Here they are, this Israelite army and they've got Joshua who's in charge. And Joshua has the plan. The Lord has said to him, walk around the city today. Go home. Walk around the city the next day. Go back to barracks. And the next day. And the next day. And then on day seven, walk around seven times. Give a shout. Down come the walls. That always happens in the natural, doesn't it? You know, you shout at a wall and down it comes. Don't think so. But Joshua had the plan. But guess what? Both the Israelite army... They didn't have the plan. It was, all in, it was all from Joshua. It was all imparted to Joshua. And the people in Jericho, they didn't have the plan. Can you just imagine it day one? Off we go. Right, boys, blow the trumpets. And they're blowing the trumpets and they're walking. Can't say a word. All the way around the wall, you've got the people of Jericho ridiculing them. <laughs> really? Is that what you've got? Is that it? And then they get back and they go, okay, go home. Day two. Okay, off we go again. Blowing the trumpets, walking around. Get to day three. I'm sure that Israelite army are going. You know, they get home and they say to the wife, you know, oh, we went for another walk today. What's going on? Oh, I don't know. I think he's losing it. I think Joshua's losing the plot. And this bunch of people in Jericho behind their big two, you know, two thick walls are laughing and ridiculing. Sometimes it's like that when we're, we face a wall. Remember, I said to you, Pastors saying to us, are you sure? Are you sure that God really wants you in Australia? If God says something to you, he's faithful. He will do it. I want to encourage you that he is faithful. I mean, just imagine in this thing, is our leader losing the plot? You know, has our leader got what it takes? He keeps taking us on these walks. And, you know, by day, ends, day five, it's like, whew, we're off for that walk again. Getting plenty of steps. You know, getting our 10,000 steps in. It's about as good as it gets. 10,000 steps, walls haven't come down. And that's what it's like. That's what it was like for us. Many, many years of pushing against that thing. Just walking out what God says. Walking by faith. That's what we've had. We, we established the Bethany Healing Foundation in 2006. And it's just now where we've had God's just showing up. And he's, he's doing things. He gave us a promise 20 years ago. To have a place for pastors who were worn out and burnt out. We didn't have the funds for it. As well as, I'm talking about as well as the place he's already given us. And he said, Are you going to believe me in that? And do you know what? In a moment, he can turn that around. He did that this year. He did that this year. Within the space of going from June to August, he did that. A place where pastors who are giving out, people who are in ministry, you know, giving out where they're close to burnout, where they could be restored. Because God says, you know, that's, that's what people need sometimes. They just need to step away. They need to breathe. And I loved it. Carl was saying before, you know, pray for Nick and family. Please do. Please keep it. These, you know, they need those prayers of refreshment. But here we are. You know, as our leader losing it. Bethany Healing Foundation, promises, all those things. But, you know, I'm sure in that army there were some people who either just gave up and stopped walking. In 2005, my mum died, and I was part of an organisation called OzHelp, which is a suicide prevention and mental health service in the construction industry. And it was just, it started in 2002, and even though it wasn't a Christian organisation, God's hand was so on this thing. Government started giving money, it was like, we went from 300,000 a year to 6.2 million. And it was expanding all over Australia. And then they brought someone in to review it. And just as they brought this team in to review it, My mum died and I had to go back to the UK. And the people doing the review said, oh, we want to interview you You first. Make sure, you know, get your side of the story before we see the staff. I said, look, just interview them. I'll be back. And when I came back, one of the staff members has actually quit because they didn't want to be involved in this whole rigmarole. And when I was talking to the, the people who came in for the review, they said, you're not a quitter. I said, too right. If I, were, if I was a quitter, I wouldn't be here now in 2002. I'd have left and gone back home in 1999. But we came with a promise. God says, I want you to go there. He didn't tell us at the time. He wanted us to stay here. But that's okay. But you know, it's like God wants us to walk with persistence. He didn't want us to, to collapse and give up. So not only did these Israelites have a word from the Lord, believe God, Act in faith. They did it God's way. They went around and they stuck with Joshua. And they went around the wall. And on the seventh day, he then gave them the final piece of the plan. We walk around. Okay, blow the trumpets now, shout. They shouted, and we know the story. The walls came down. They went in. They took the place for the glory of God. You know? God gave them the victory. Verses 20 to 21 say this. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave the loud shout, the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord. They devoted the city to the Lord. Our time's coming. You know, if we walk out this thing, I'll just finish with this. We just need to keep walking. We don't need to stop short on our walk of faith. We don't need to stop short. If God has given you a word and given you a promise, as a church, as a person, God is faithful to those promises. So, just in conclusion, a few questions for you. What kind of wall city are you facing right now? You might be listening at home, you might be sitting here, and you've got a walled city. It might be your health. You know, it might be your health. It might be finances. It might be family struggles. It might be a whole range of things. But what kind of wall are you facing? Second question is Does it feel like you can't conquer that? Does it feel, oh, I'll never get past this? Do the walls look like they did in Jericho? Too thick, too wide. Got a lot of nasty armed guards in the middle. And does the victory for you seem impossible? But the truth is, those Israelites walked around those walls. They walked around them for six days. And on the seventh, they did seven laps. Thirteen laps in all and down came them walls. You see, when God's in charge, no wall. No wall is safe. No wall of opposition. Nothing the enemy would put before you or try and do to you is going to succeed. So here's the thing. Walls fall down when God's in charge. So if you've got a wall... Get a promise. Get a promise from the Lord. Get a word from the Lord to stand on. It's funny, you know, our daughter, our eldest daughter is 32. 33. She's 33 years of age. Bit of a moment there. And when she was young, she got a tattoo. But she didn't tell Dad she got a tattoo. But Dad saw the tattoo. And we had a conversation. So when she was getting married... She wanted to get another one. She came and talked to Dad. And we had another conversation. It was beautiful. And she said, Dad, I I want to put this this scripture. It was Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And it's on her foot. And every time she's ringing up and wants to talk to Dad because she's in a battle, I said, just stand on your foot. Stand on the word of God. We need to get a scripture. We need to stand on his word. We need to get that promise. Then we need to get his perspective. God wants to bring us up to his perspective. Perspective, you know. It says that we are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. We need God's sight, God's vision. You know, I'll keep pushing these glasses up. I need to go back to savers, They're sliding down. I need those, but God's God's vision is far better. Once we've got that, we need to get partnering with God through the Holy Spirit. We need to keep persisting. Don't give up. Don't quit on the walk because you don't know. You don't know if it's day one. You don't know if it's day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. Tomorrow might be day seven. And down comes the wall. We need to keep persisting. This today might be your last lap for bringing that wall down. I want to encourage you with that. Might be that last lap. God is more interested in your walk of obedience than your wall. That wall can fall down at any moment. But my encouragement to you is that thing that it says before that in Joshua 5 at the end. God hasn't come. He hasn't come to take sides with you, take sides with your enemy. He wants to take over today. Can I pray? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that, yeah, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for your word that is faithful and true. And I thank you, God, that you, you haven't come to take sides in our battles. You want to take over our battles. You want to take over our battles, Lord. Whether they're battles of finance, health, Lord. Battles of just being attacked day and night, Lord. Whether it's mental, mental battles. Lord, I want to speak to that right now. That Lord, you want to come and take over. You want to be Lord of all. Because when you are Lord of all, Lord, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. But, Lord, if you're not Lord of all of our life, spirit, soul, and body, Lord, our identity found in you, Lord, when our identity is truly found in you and you are Lord of all, then, Lord, that's, that's just the sweetest place to be. So, God, I just pray that bless these folk, Lord, right now. Lord, those at home, those here today, Lord, that you would pour out, Lord, you would, you would help them do that walk. Lord, maybe they're feeling a bit tired, they would get up and do that next lap. Because, Lord, you're in the business of bringing walls down. And again, I, I know I did it last week, but I really, again, feel strong. I don't know who's watching. But I really feel strong. If you don't know this Lord that I've talked about today, this Jesus, you know, it's just, he wants to know you. Pam and I were away yesterday. Well, I've been away for a few days, but yesterday we bumped into a lady, met a lady, and this lady was, she just lost her father. He died eight weeks ago, and she was clearing a house out. And we were just talking to her. We went to this house to have a look. She was selling off everything, it was down the coast, and we, we, we said to this lady, you know, Pam actually, Pam just said to her, I'm sorry for your loss. How are things going? And she nearly broke down in tears then and said, you're the first person. People have just been coming through this house, just ransacking it, buying stuff, offer it. And yet, as she she saw that we cared, she started to tell us that her mum had died two years earlier. And in the last two years, she thought she had longer, but in the last two years, she discovered that her daddy, she used that word, her daddy loved her. And I want to speak right now to this morning because that's the truth. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know the Father God. Your daddy loves you. And you can just turn it around today. I want to give you that opportunity. So if you don't know Jesus, I'm I'm going to pray a prayer. Whether you're out there right now. And you want to know him because he really, really wants to get to know you. So Lord Jesus, today I admit that I have blown my life to this point. I, I just, I don't know you, but I want to make you Lord of all my life today. Come and exercise your rule and reign in me, spirit, soul, and body. I admit I have done stuff that is not good and displeasing to you. I'm sorry for that today, Lord. But today I invite you in as my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer of the whole of my life. Come and teach me how to walk with you